worship service this morning and welcome to... Ah. For those of you who are online, it is not morning, it is the afternoon service. We welcome you all here. We were wondering how come everybody showed up today. Um, it's always fun as we continue to take and celebrate the grace which God has given to us here in this place of Desert Hills. I'm Pastor Craig Larson, Pastor Mike Sager. We're, welcome, we're glad to be your pastors here in this place of wonder. Um, as we begin our service, we begin it as we do every worship service with our mission statement. As we say, at Desert Hills we celebrate, grace. we make, disciples. who you guys have got that down. Today, lots of stuff. Extra points as you pay attention. Today, the Welka, the women of the ELCA, are taking their thank offering. The proceeds will go to the Chilstrom Fund for the ELCA Seminarian Women and Grants for Women and Children in Crisis. As you entered, you got an envelope. If you didn't, it's okay. They'll take your money anyway. You can either place the envelope in the regular offering, or there will be baskets available for you to place it in at the end of the worship service. You have noticed that you are sitting on quilts. You will notice that there is price tags on those quilts for the sewing bee. And the sewing bee is going to, if you would like to, um, you can purchase and walk around and take a look and see if you find the favorite quilt that's here. Um, where you get to pay for that, there's a table out in the north hallway uh, for the sewing bee. And this is going to benefit local charities. And so if you see a blanket, and of course we definitely needed a blanket this past week. <laughs> Wednesday, we begin our Lenten soup suppers at 6 p.m., then we move to a hymn sing at 645 with our midweek Lenten services starting at 7. So we pray that that will continue to take and be part of our Lenten journey. Also, because of the Lenten services, um, there won't be an evening Bible study. And the one that's in the morning, they're going to be doing the topic of studying prayer. And so you can join Pastor Mike with that. On March 4th, there's going to be a celebration of life. For, for Joan, uh, please note that that will be at 10 a.m. Um, and if you have any further questions, please be with us as we continue to remember her and her life. On Thursday, March 9th, Pastor Mateo Chavez will be here talking about Latino faith practices. And he's going to be here again Thursday, March 9th from 1 to 2 p.m. Mateo is, is a wonderful resource that's part of this place um, as he continues to be the pastor of San Juan Batista. And so come for that. Welka Kino Conference, March 18th for the ladies. Deadline to register is March 4th. Don't show up March 5th thinking you're going to be registered. So come March 4th to register as the date is the deadline. Uh, the de event is going to be here Saturday, March 18th. In the back of the church, on the round table back there, is, of course, our schedule for the week of all the things that are happening. Also to note, on the other side of the schedule is also some highlights about the sermon this, of this weekend. 
So there's some things to think about. Um, if you happen to rest in God's loving, caring arms while Pastor Mike is preaching, here you can always say, you can... <laughs> you caught that, resting in the arms of the Lord. No, we're really fortunate that, that you guys stay awake. Um, no. But there are those uh, highlights for the sermon on those. You can take those and share them, um, as well as all the announcements that are on the website. Um, if you have any questions, call the church office. I think that's it. Well, then let's begin then with an opening prayer. Almighty God, we thank you that you have called and you have gathered us here this afternoon. For those who are watching online and those that are present here in the sanctuary, we ask always that you fill us with the hope and the promise and the love that you have created because of and through your blessed Son who during this season of Lent is leading us and guiding us to the cross, to our forgiveness, for our salvation. Help us, Lord, as we know and experience your worship, and your grace this night. All of these things of God we pray because of and through your blessed Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We sing our opening hymn. I've got Jesus in my soul It's the only way I know Watching every move I make, guiding every step I take. I've got Jesus in my soul. I was lifted one night by God's blinding light, and it shook me right out of my sleep. As his love entered in, it washed away my sin, and I praise him down on my In my soul, in my soul, it's the only way I know. Watching every move I make, guiding every step I take. I've got Jesus in my soul. Even though as a sinner, I was no beginner, and I'm glad that I never made the grave. Yes, I'm thankful every day. For the prayers that were made, they were answered, and my soul was saved. I've got Jesus, I've got Jesus in, my soul. in my soul. It's the only way I know. Watching every move I make, guiding every step I take. I've got Jesus in my soul. All right, Danny. Pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying and I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. Place that I have found, 
Please join in our litany spoken responsively. Lent calls us to journey along the edge to anticipate that final trip to Jerusalem. Lent calls us to leave behind our burdens, our regrets, and our lack of trust in God, who calls us to new life. Lent calls us to take upon ourselves the intention of participating in the mystery of God. Lent calls us to confession, accountability, and preparation. Lent calls us to concentrate upon our baptism as a sign of new life. Lent calls us to face the darkness while trusting the presence of God. Today's first scripture reading is from Genesis, selected verses from chapters 2 and 3. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the, in the garden. And the Lord God commanded the man, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? 
The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it. Or if you, or if you do, you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I was born in sin and lost, but Jesus paid the cost and pardoned me from all iniquity. So till I see his face, I daily ask his grace to guide me on the path he planned for me. Guide me, Lord, through the day. Guide me, Lord, this I pray. Through all hardships, temptation, and strife. Guide me, Lord, through the mind. Guide me, Lord, by thy light. That thy will might be done in my life. God loved us, everyone. He gave his only son. To save our souls from sin, he gladly died. So trust in him today, and he'll wash your sins away. Then daily he will be your light and guide. Guide me, Lord, through the day. Guide me, Lord, this I pray. Through all hardships, temptation, and strife. Guide me, Lord, through thy might. Guide me, Lord, by thy light, that thy will might be done in my life.
Today's second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus stayed 40 nights and 40 days. The devil came in in all his sin. He came to tempt even him. He said, I hear, tell your Godson, but you'll get hungry like anyone so if you're one they've all said turn these rocks jesus to bread by the word of god man was shown he can't live by bread alone jesus said it's written down the devil loves the first round the devil took him to the temple roof said son of god i want some proof if you've got angels to see you through jump down jesus i bet they'll catch you oh jesus said scriptures record thou shalt not tempt the lord look it up it's written down the devil loves the second round up on this mountain far as you see all these things i'll give to thee oh if you fall down 
on your knees and Jesus Christ and worship me it's written down he said again worship God and only him the devil own game. He beat the devil at his own game. How can I top that? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> amen. Sit down, right? Grace and peace to you on this day, and may the one who calls you guide you all into life. Amen. So we begin the season of Lent. And in the season of Lent, as every year, we begin with a temptation story. Now what's interesting is that if you look at the season of Epiphany, right after Christmas, we always begin with the baptism of Jesus. And now we skip to the next chapter where Jesus is sent from his baptism to be tempted in the wilderness. During the season of Epiphany, we jumped over from baptism and talked about how Jesus was revealed. And now we go back. And now we see that in Jesus' baptism, his first call by the Holy Spirit is to go into the wilderness and there to be tempted. There to be confronted by the devil, by evil, by the one who would want him to turn from his path so that the world would not know God's love. To be tempted. Now what does it mean to be tempted? For most of us, when we think of the word temptation, we think of that second brownie sitting on the counter. Or maybe those things that tempt us, those things that we shouldn't do. But if we go back to Genesis, where the first temptation takes place, we discover it really had nothing to do with brownies or doing behavior. What temptation is about and what temptation has always been about is who do you trust? Who do you trust? Look at the temptation story in Genesis. Adam and Eve are together in this serpent. The craftiest creature God has created comes to Adam and Eve and says, Eve, I heard God told you not to eat of that tree in the middle. Is that really true? You know, you're not going to die if you eat it. Actually, you'll become like God. See, God didn't tell you that part. God was withholding that information from you. If you eat that fruit, if you have that knowledge, you'll be like God. You won't need to rely on God anymore to make decisions. You'll know for yourself how to live. See the temptation? The temptation 
is to trust something else besides God. To trust your own understanding and not God's will in your life. If we go to the temptation of Jesus, it's exactly the same thing. Jesus has been in the wilderness for 40 days, harking back to the people of Israel who have been in the wilderness for 40 years as God cares for them, feeds them, protects them, prepares them to enter in the promised land. This sign of 40 days is a reminder to the people of Israel how God used that time to prepare them. And in some sense, Jesus is being prepared for the ministry he is about to partake in. We're told that while Jesus is in the wilderness, like a faithful Jewish person of Jesus' day, he fasts. He fasts because in that period of time, they knew to fast is providing an opportunity for God to speak to you. And after 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus is hungry. Jesus is tired. And it's then that the tempter comes. Isn't that oftentimes the way it is? Aren't we oftentimes the most tempted when we're the most tired? The most frustrated? The most worn out? It's those times that we begin to doubt God. Or maybe doubt what God is doing for us. It is those times that we're tempted to try to do it ourselves. To try a little harder. Or maybe we're tempted to lash out and blame someone or something else. It's oftentimes in those times, in those moments of weakness, of hunger, of thirst, of weariness, that we are the most tempted to turn our backs on the promises of God and look somewhere else. And the devil today is hoping Jesus will do the same. So the devil comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I've heard, I've heard that you claim to be the son of God. And if you are, you notice that wording? <laughs> if you are, if you are the son of God, then do this. God did that for the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness. God provided them food. We know that Jesus, later on in his ministry, will feed the 5,000, will feed the 4,000. We know Jesus has the ability. He took some loaves of bread and fed all those people. This is not beyond Jesus' ability. Jesus is hungry. 40 days. No food. What's the harm? A few rocks turn into bread. Maybe it would remind Jesus who he really is. The power Jesus has at his fingertips. He is the son of God. Jesus, prove it. Remind yourself. It hearkens to when Jesus is on the cross. Do you remember what the crowds yell at Jesus? If he is the son of God, 
If he has saved others, why can't he save himself? Same temptation, isn't it? Prove it. Feed yourself and feed the world and everyone will believe. And Jesus reminds Satan and reminds us that God provides more than just daily bread. God provides all that we need. That our needs come not from our self-reliance, but on the true gifts of God. That all of life is God's gift. God is the one that brings the rain to nourish the ground. God is the one that created the soil to nurture the seed. God is the one that created the seed to grow into bread. And Jesus understood that even though he had the power, his dependency was on God. And round one has been lost. Second round. Okay, Jesus. And he takes him up onto the top of the temple in Jerusalem, the place of God, the place where God dwells. And he says to Jesus, if you're the son of God, jump off. Scripture tells you. <laughs> Scripture says it clearly. God will protect you. God will not let you harm your foot against the rock. Jump. Show me. Prove it. Do we at times become tempted to demand that God keeps proving God's love for us? God, it was great yesterday what you did for me, but what have you done for me lately? I want signs, God, that you love me. I want you to answer my prayers like I want. We're tempted to expect God to continue to prove to us God's love for us. To keep showing up in ways that we expect. And when God does it, we are tempted to look somewhere else. Maybe I can do it. Or maybe technology can do it. Or maybe my bank account can do it. Or this new relationship in my life. We're tempted to turn our trust to something else, something tangible, because God has it proved to us today, God's faithfulness. And we are reminded, as Jesus tells us, it is true. It is true that God promises to protect me, but God also tells me not to tempt God. Not to demand God to show us his proof because he has shown us his love by dying for us on a cross. God has shown us by giving us life itself. There is nothing more God has to prove to us. God has given you life itself. God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. It says if God would pull God's hand away from creation, creation itself would just fall apart. God doesn't need to prove to us God's love. We can trust that God is faithful to what God promises. Even in those dark moments 
Because the reality is those other things we turn to have no power. Second round. Devil lost again. Third temptation. Takes Jesus and shows them all the kingdoms of the world. Says, Jesus, I like you. You're a good guy. I think you would make a great ruler. I'll give this all to you. Think about how much good you could do. You could put the Romans in their place. You can lift up the people of Israel. You can make this a just world, Jesus. And all you have to do is just worship me. Just worship me and it's all yours. Now what's amazing about that, really not temptation, it's really more of a bribe, isn't it? Of the devil is, it's a lie. <laughs> the devil has no authority over all the kingdoms of the earth. See, that's what evil always does to us. Evil always lies. Evil has no power over you. The only power it has over you is to lie to you. To try to convince you it has power. You're and us and I am the one that gives it power when I believe it. When I think it has power over me. It has no authority over me. It didn't create me. It only deceives me. And Jesus understands that. Jesus understands that in fact... Evil, the devil, Satan, whatever you wanted to name it, has no authority. The only authority it has is deceit. To lie. And Jesus calls it out. Get away from me, Satan. You have no power here. I know who created the universe. I know who I am. And the devil leaves them. But as you read through Jesus' life, you see this temptation over and over and over again. You see the people demanding Jesus to keep feeding them. They want more bread. They want Jesus to take care of them. They want Jesus to stay in their town and be their savior, their healer, their provider. There are others that wish Jesus would come with some power. Come and kick the rulers out. Come and kick the Romans out. Remember when Jesus is arrested and the disciples take out swords. And Jesus says, that's not the way this is going to work. I could call down 10,000 angels and wipe this place out. But that won't stop. That won't heal. That won't restore. Instead, Jesus places himself on the cross. There, Jesus is given the authority. And even in those final moments, Jesus is tempted by the crowd to prove who he is. He remembers who he is. That he doesn't need to prove it to himself or to anyone else. He can trust that promise of God that in his baptism... He was claimed and marked. In the moments of transfiguration last Sunday, he was reminded again, this is my beloved. There is his identity. There is where we 
are able to deal with the temptations of the world when we remember who we are. Our true identity is not what we have or what we do. It's who we are as people of God, claimed by God. The devil always wants us to believe that somehow we have to prove ourselves. God tells us, I have claimed you, and that is enough. That is enough for life. So as we enter into this Lenten season, we hear these conversations with Jesus about how he reminds us. It's trusting the promise of God that will allow us to live the highness of life and the lowest of life. Knowing that God's promises are true and that God is faithful. We don't need to look somewhere else. We have a God who is trustworthy and promises us his love and new life. If you'd like to go a little deeper into today's text, I invite you to think about this. God's beloved. How do you or how could you remind yourself of God's promises to you? So when you're tempted... To trust something or someone else. You can remind yourself of who you are. You are the beloved of God. Amen. With trouble seas around Do angry winds beset your soul And dark clouds on you frown Have you ever looked for bread And only found a stone Could it be because you're paddling Your boat of life Is the raft you once had charted now both blood and mark? Is your soul and body weary the task of rowing hard? Have you ever looked for joy and disappointment found? Could it be because you're paddling your boat of life alone? one who knows your every fault and sin and he knows you're struggling to roll your life boat in so why not call on Jesus he'll help you safely on oh my friend it's 
Together, let us affirm our faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We proclaim Jesus Christ, the crucified and risen one, confessing him as Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we acclaim Jesus as the Lord of the Church, the head of all things, the beginning of a new creation. We acknowledge that we live and work between the time of Christ's death and resurrection and the final consummation of all things which he will bring. We are pilgrim people, always on the way towards the promised goal. Christ feeds us with word and sacraments, and we have the gift of the Spirit in order that we may not lose the way. We will live and work within the faith and unity of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, bearing witness to that unity which is both Christ's gift and his will. We affirm that every member of the church is engaged to confess the faith of Christ crucified. Together with all the people of God, we will serve the world for which Christ died and await his return. Amen. We will now have the gatherings of offerings. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer We often forfeit all needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? their trouble anywhere we should never be discouraged take it to the Lord in prayer can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share Jesus knows our every weakness take it to the Lord in prayer
In preparation of our prayers, we hear words from Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come this day to give you our thanks, prayers, and gifts of time, talent, and treasure for your mission in the world to bring good news, help, and hope for all people. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We remember those who have recently died, including Del Blowers, Ray Bozeman, and Harry Guyton. Oh God, receive them into the arms of your mercy and everlasting peace, and may the truth and promise of God's resurrection bring comfort and hope to their families and friends who grieve. Merciful God, receive our prayer. New to our prayer list is Mary Maz. Leaving the prayer list with thanksgiving for healing is Carol Stefasek. Deb Whitehall, Joan Bistel, and Carol Caswell. We take time now to silently pray for those who remain on our prayer list, as well as for others in our hearts and for situations in our lives. God of life, you are the same God who banished our first parents from Eden, 
sent your only son to this earth, devastated by sin, to bring redemption and hope, so that we, your prodigal children, might return to you. We come to you as repentant and redeemed through your mercy to receive our identity and life in you. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Lord God, there are many among us who face barren times, wilderness times in their lives. Help us to minister your loving presence to them so that they may come through the wilderness and enter the promised land. Help us to bring food to the hungry, water to the thirsty, shelter to the homeless, courage to those who faint, and hope to those who are tempted to despair. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Lord God, in this time of continuing conflict between nations, when we are being tested to see if we will do justice as well as love mercy, we pray for guidance and for your light to lead the way of the leaders of all nations. Bring hope and comfort to those who are deeply affected by the conflicts and raise your church to provide a light in the darkness. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God of the journey, walk with us as we travel together these 40 days of Lent. May we experience your presences in each step we take. Forgive us when we become tired from the journey and want to give up. Empower us to be faithful witnesses of your glory and bearers of your love to one another and to the world. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your steadfast love and your promise to renew your whole creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now for the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We pray that this worship has been a blessing both here and blessing online as truly we continue to make this journey of this Lenten season together. Hear the blessing this night. Brothers and sisters, God has given us a fresh start. We are sinners, but forgiven sinners, embraced by God who loves us. 
God always lifts us and forgives our mistakes and fills our emptiness. Go now to share the good news. And may God's love surround you, Christ's peace dwell in you, and the Spirit's breath fill you with the freshness of new life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our closing hymn. Please stand. with a new life and a fresh start. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Sorrow inside. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. 